Hello everybody, this is Justin and I'm here with Denisha and you are listening to the Focus On Me podcast. <laughs> you sound like a radio host. <laughs> I feel I like one, you, low I key. I see you, okay then. Low key. <laughs> hey everybody. <laughs> Why can we ever just welcome the people before you making me laugh? That's all you, I, I, I can't control your britches now. Welcome everybody, thanks for joining in. Today, we are going to talk about communication. Dun, dun, dun. But I was thinking about this earlier today. Um, I know there was, in in one of the other episodes, we were talking about the time when I was going to have a conversation about like the love languages with somebody else, someone else I was in a relationship with. And I remember saying that I was kind of nervous to bring that up to you because I didn't know how you would react and it caused me to think about the reality of how sometimes in relationships people have things that they are um, you know scared to talk about or there's some emotion about certain subject matters so I figured that'd be something we could um, have some conversation here about talk to each other and our our listening audience Mm -hmm. around that that subject matter, not just communication, but maybe things that we're afraid to communicate, and and because I can imagine people probably can relate to having had something that we were maybe afraid to communicate. What contributes to the fear of communicating? That's what I was thinking about. What contributes? You know, all to that kind of stuff. So, so I guess I, I think just because it just came into my brain okay. when you said what contributes to it, I think the first thing that contributes to it is past experiences. Um, and the uncertainty of that same result repeating itself again. Mm-hmm. So I think sometimes it's easier not to have the conversation, mm-hmm. not to say anything about it for fear of, and it, it is no shot against the new mate mm-hmm. or, you know, or the current mate, however you want to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's, it comes for it's partially fear. Um, a part of it is um, just that, almost like, for lack of a better term, you would say the trauma uh-huh. of um, that past experience, knowing that it could result in the same thing. Uh-huh. And I think, I think if you get hit, it's kind of, it's kind of like one of the things you know, you almost decide, even though it's a different person, it feels like you're taking the same road, uh-huh. and it's one. You know, it's one of those things where, like, you don't want to do the same thing over and over again. If you keep getting hit every time you walk past something, you're going to stop doing it after a while. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's probably a bad analogy to use, but it's I think it's an appropriate analogy just because I think that's what we as humans, we do a lot. Mm-hmm. Because we don't want, we fear rejection, we fear um, disappointment, we fear uh, being ashamed. So let's talk about some of those things. Rejection... <laughs> Um, embarrassment, mm-hmm. disappointment. Mm-hmm. Those are things that you identified as things that we are afraid will be the result of if we communicate this thing, this is what might happen. Mm-hmm. Um, those are very real fears. And I'm, I, I don't disagree that that's probably some of the things that um, I have experience the fear 
when thinking about in, in other situations, not necessarily our relationship, but right. in other situations when I think about why I didn't want to communicate certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to ask the question, and I think we'll loop back around to those three areas. Okay. But the question I want to ask you, and this is, you know, none of this is planned or scripted. <laughs> Most of our conversations aren't planned or scripted, but this one is definitely, you know, not on the script here. Have there ever been things that you were afraid to communicate to me? I'm pretty sure there were. You can't think of um, it. As I was trying to think, okay. trying to do it like a really quick Rolodex in the in my brain. Um, I think probably one of the first things. Well, yeah, one of the first things is probably me actually telling you that I was falling in love with you was probably one of the first things. And I, and I say that now um, because knowing the stuff I had dealt with in past relationships, my where my, my brain was that, my, where my brain was, was that I'm, I'm like, yeah, I'm not doing this no more. I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. And um, I don't think that this is something that I, a road I want to go down again. I don't think I want to take, you know, Rude L.O.V., you know, or not, E. There I was going to say, where did you just spell? <laughs> right. I was like, wait, something's missing. Like, E, E, there it is. But no, I, I just, I think for me, it was, it was, de- that was definitely probably one of the initial things because it, it, me actually admitting it, not just to myself, but to you mm-hmm. made it real. Mm-hmm. So if it was one of those things where if I can, if I don't say it mm-hmm. and if I don't express it and if I don't tell you, then it, I can still make it not real. I can kind of pretend that it's not happening. Really? Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Okay. And, and <laughs> I'm not being to, honest. No, I believe you. I'm just saying, really, that it's not happening just because you didn't say it. Like, well, yeah, you know, like, sometimes it's like that whole. It's it's, it's like that confession, confession in the mouth. Mm-hmm. Let's make makes it tangible. Right. You know. Well, I think that's interesting because, in terms of how you felt about it, that's probably one of my most memorable uh, interactions was mm-hmm. when when you said that and just you know the whole moment in which you disclosed that I I, I will probably always remember you know that moment mm-hmm. and I, I think it's probably even on my calendar in terms of like anniversaries you know people like oh this anniversary of our first date this anniversary of our wedding this anniversary of when we got engaged <laughs> and I'm like oh this is the anniversary of when he told me he, was lo- he loved me like you mm-hmm. know <laughs> I find that is something very um Noteworthy, right? Uh, is there anything else you can think of that you have been afraid to tell me about? Um, I'm like I said, I'm sure there are other things. I mean that that was the first thing that popped in my brain mm-hmm. of something that was that was a big deal because there was a lot of emotional attachments to that. Mm-hmm. Um, for all of those reasons that I named prior mm-hmm. about you know. Uh, past experiences, fear of rejection, all, all, all of that um, were would have been reasons why I, I were why uh, I was afraid of expressing that or even telling you. Um, 
I'm, I'm sure I'm sure something else will pop right. roll through so my brains there. What about you? Well, I, I have an answer to that, but the reason I was asking again was in that situation, that example that you used, do you think those fear of rejection, of disappointment, and what was her other meant? Disappointment, embarrassment. Embarrassment. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like that's what you thought might have been on the other side of disclosing that? I think it was a possibility. Yeah, I think there was a possibility of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, because with there, there's no, to me, there's nothing that is certain. I mean, especially when you're early on in a relationship, there's nothing that's certain. You can hope mm-hmm. for all things, mm-hmm. but it may not be the actual thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I, I know that that was definitely something that I contemplating that I contemplated that could have been on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, yes, there have been a lot of things. Well, I shouldn't say a lot of things. I think several things that I have been um, afraid maybe to tell you about or to say was on my mind. And I think the little kind of anecdote, anecdotal research I was just conducting was around like if the fear of disappointment embarrassment rejection is what was that the core of that Um, and I think some of our hard conversations that we've had particularly about having a family or having more children were probably one of the primary ones that come to my mind about not wanting to bring it up or talk about it Um, and I, I think maybe the closest one might be rejection. I don't, but maybe disappointment. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe the disappointment of our our goals or our um, desires. There we go. Right. That's the word aligned. And what happens if they're not? So if I would feel disappointed if what I was wanting and what you were wanting weren't the same thing. Right. So I just don't want to even talk about it mm-hmm. because it could possibly lead to hurt feelings or disappointment, right. et cetera, et cetera. So, um, you know, I was thinking about those, those instances and how detrimental it can be to not talk about right, those right. things. Right. So if the fear of disappointment, embarrassment, um, or rejection or keeping you from having the conversation what is the negative outcome of not having those conversations and how does that impact you know marriages and relationships yeah that's because as you said that the first thing that popped the first word that came surfacing to my brain was resentment Mm -hmm. because I think uh what can happen is by not having the conversation, you can you can have the conversation and find out information. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have the conversation, there are some things that will never be resolved. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not, even if your conversation doesn't doesn't bring uh, resolution, mm-hmm. at the very least, it can bring information. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think. Sometimes information is is more important than resolution, mm-hmm. because if you have nothing to go on, and we talk, we say this all the time, mm-hmm. you start making stuff up. 
Right. To you start making things up to make up the story. You put pieces together that don't belong together mm-hmm. because in your brain they work together because you have no information to actually put in those places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think as one of our people, uh, Brene Brown often talks about the story I'm telling myself mm-hmm. to which you're speaking to, you know, that making the parts up that you don't know. Right. Sometimes we tell ourselves a story. Well, let me say it this way. If you don't tell me something, I'm going to make up what I think mm-hmm. you're thinking or what I think you meant by that or what happened the last time or these other context clues or two plus two equals four. Mm-hmm. Right? The other thing that happens is I can tell myself a story before I even tell you something. Right. That have you had that conversation with you, with, right? With 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 what do you call it? Uh, I you say dream Denisha, but you can dream bunny or mm-hmm. you know in my head bunny or yeah, yeah. Like so, you if I'm assuming what you're gonna think about this, I have a story already that might get in the way of me communicating with you. So it's kind of like, well, I'm going to say this, then he's going to say that, then it's going to turn bad. And if I say this, then we're going to have this. And so I might as well just not say anything. Mm, and that's, oh, that's, that's good. That's good. Because what, I, what made, that made me think of is your pre-made story mm-hmm. can often block the actual truth. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, that's cool. And I think that's the part of your your part where you were saying before about, uh, you know, the fear of rejection, the fear of mm-hmm. disappointment, the fear of embarrassment. If my pre-story without conversation, if my pre-story is causing me to think that I'm going to be disappointed, that's probably going to contribute to me not communicating. Mm-hmm. And I can be totally wrong. I, I've been in that experience a lot of times. I don't know if, if we've had those spaces, but you know, I've been in those situations a lot of times where people tell me things and they were so nervous to tell me. They have all these feelings about mm-hmm. it. And then afterwards, I'm like, okay. And then they say, okay. And I'll ask them, what did you think I was going to say? Right. And the way they were telling themselves it was going to go. Mm-hmm. And I'll often ask them, is that what happened? Was that my response? Was my response different? And almost, you know, all of the time they tell me how what they thought was going to be the case was not what the case actually was. Right. You know, it's often those worst case scenarios. And generally, it's never really that that happens. Yeah. And I think even in conversations that you and I have had and things like that, Things that I may have been nervous to talk about or whatever. It hasn't been what I thought it would have been. Because sometimes you, you almost talk yourself out of it. Mm-hmm. And you figure, well, if it's going to be this bad, it's better that I don't say anything at all. Mm-hmm. And saying nothing at all never gives you any type, never gives you any type of peace, really. Because mm-hmm. it's always looming whether it's whether it's looming above you, looming looming inside you, however you want to say it, it's always over you. And I think that that absolutely can lead to resentment. Oh yeah. Right. You know, not telling people. I was watching one of my Christmas movies earlier this morning, and at the like highest point of the tragedy, they start 
fussing about like all these pent up things that probably have happened all throughout the year, but this is the first <laughs> time that they said something about them. Mm-hmm. And people are just kind of sitting around looking like, oh my God, we didn't even know this was happening. Mm-hmm. And I think that that happens that we get to those moments of frustration or where people think you have absolutely nothing to lose. Right. And it all comes out and it comes out in the worst possible way. Mm-hmm. It comes out um, in the context of situations that are not even connected to it. Right. With all of the emotion about it. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't breed for resolution or, you know, solution finding. So really trying to brave and face those fears. Now, what do you think helps people to face those fears? So I think seeing a track record okay. of consistent grace. Okay. And or another maybe another term, maybe a track record of someone consistently showing them or giving them the opportunity um to talk about anything mm-hmm. without there being condemnation, mm-hmm. without them being well, without, without the outcome being um, being embarrassed in a in like a shameful way. Okay. Because I think there's playful embarrassment, mm-hmm. and then there's playful embarrassment will always lead to, to, to you know to laughter and joking, mm-hmm. and it'll pass. Mm-hmm. But that serious, like for real hit you down in the gut embarrassment uh-huh. is something that can send you into a depression. Uh-huh. You know, so I think if there is a consistent uh, show of gratitude, consistent show of love, consistent show of um, grace uh-huh. and openness and, uh, you know, being, knowing that you feel uh, trusted or tr- yeah, knowing that you can trust that your partner mm-hmm. enough with anything, so mm-hmm. that nothing shakes them. And I mean, don't get me wrong, things things are gonna move you a little bit. When I say shake, I mean nothing shakes their core love for you. Mm-hmm. So you know, if you talk about if you and what will happen is, and I know for me, I mean, I probably talk to you about everything anyway. Mm-hmm. So, but I think even in those times, I believe that. There were little things that I would tell you uh-huh. to see how what your reaction would be. Uh-huh. I would tell you a story about something uh-huh. to see how you'd react. And then when your reaction wasn't anything out of sorts or wasn't anything crazy or wasn't something that was what a past experience was, uh-huh. then that opened up the door for me to give to give you more uh-huh. and to say more, to give you to give you things with more girth, with more depth. You know, with more Girl. weight, <laughs> with more with more weight. So that because then that let me know that you could carry it mm-hmm. and you could handle it, mm-hmm. which then kept open, which which subsequently kept me opening up more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, girth just threw me off. I was gonna say something. Oh, all I know is going to say, I think that another part, you know, you've kind of hit on it before, but I think it's worth um, broadening up the conversation a little bit more. Those past experiences, I think we have to really validate how those past experiences 
can alter how you show up in your current situation. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the definitions or one of the things we know about trauma is that trauma changes your worldview. It changes your perspective, your point of view. Mm-hmm. Based on the bad thing that happened before, mm-hmm. it dictates what we think about the present and the future and how we show up. Right. right? So if I told someone I loved them, they promised they would be with me, and then they stood me up at the altar, and mm-hmm. that was traumatic and uh, hurtful. When I get into my next situation, that's gonna have me looking at the next person side eye like he say he loved me, but when is he gonna right. act a fool? When is he gonna go away? Can he handle this truth? If I tell him this, will he walk away, right? Mm -hmm. So, and the person can be doing all of the right things. Right. You know, the new person can maybe have given you no reason to think differently. Mm -hmm. And you will still think differently. So I think we have to really hold some space for how much of that might be an internal job. Right. I think what you were just talking about is really important. Showing grace, continuing to be consistent and having the appropriate response when people share things that are heavy or hard or, you know, um, challenging or surprising. And the person can be doing all of those things right. Mm-hmm. And the other person's experiences might still be coloring what or how they oh. govern what themselves and how they communicate and i do think that that's an you know another good place for people to think about personal growth work aka counseling you know around things that might be impacting how you're showing up in your relationship because you might and i've seen this happen where people sabotage relationships not because the person that they're with is deserving of that but because they're still trying to work through and maybe projecting onto their current partner what the other person did. <laughs> Sounds like Joan. Oh, from girlfriends. Sounds like okay. Joan from girlfriends. Okay. Always from goes from this keeps bringing back the the something from the third relationship, mm-hmm. the fourth relationship mm-hmm. and always kept messing something up. Sound that as soon as you said I'm like, yeah, that's Joan. And so I think that, you know, one of my favorite scriptures as it relates to God, but I think it's applicable for relationships too, is it says in John, first John, perfect love mm-hmm. casts out all fear. But if we really think about perfect, it's not meaning without flaws. Right. That word means mature, mm-hmm. right? So mature love gets rid of fears. Mm-hmm. And when I evaluate some of those situations where I may have been afraid or may have had some reservations to be completely transparent and honest, I can also say there were some other holes in that relationship or those relationship spaces where I can say, yeah, that really wasn't a mature love. Just because I really loved that person or thought that person really loved me, I don't know that we can go right and say, oh, that was a mature Mm-hmm. Love, a because it probably would have blasted if it was obviously mature. right, clearly. <laughs> but you know, so thinking about mature love, and even the song, the book of Song of Solomon, I love this part because a lot of times we want to make that be about Jesus and the Bride of Christ. No, it was literally about two people who were in love. Mm-hmm. But she <laughs> says, <laughs> "Why are you laughing?" Because I just, all I could think about was what this old pastor. 
who used to be talking about Song of Solomon and the Crusts mm-hmm. of Grapes and all of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Over the pulpit, no. <laughs> caressing. I almost said another word, but caressing the pulpit. Oh, and talking about, oh, yes, and my wife. Her breasts are like clusters of grapes. Oh. My God. <laughs> and for, the, well, for any of my family who... who, who, who they know y'all know exactly about. what I'm talking about. But as soon as anytime I hear Song of Solomon, that's the first thing that pops in my brain. Well, so to that end, right? Song of Solomon was literally about a man and a woman and their love for each other. And the woman's testimony was, his banner over me is love. So his sign and his protection over me is love, right? So that perfect love that casts out fear, that love that provides a safeguard or a protective layer over us is love. And when I think about perfect love casting out all fear, if I'm afraid... Now, when we keep that in context of the scripture, it says, because fear brings with it the idea of torment about being judged, but because Jesus has already, you know, secured our salvation, we don't have to worry about being judged and condemned to hell. Right. The generalizable points to a romantic relationship is still this, that in perfect love, in a mature love, a love that 1 Corinthians 13 talks about, which has staying power, right. means that I don't have to be afraid of walking away because... One of the things I say to clients all the time and even people that I'm in relationship with, I'm like, our relationship can handle this conversation. Right. Our relationship can handle this hard truth that I have to say to you or that you have to say to me. And a lot of times people won't say things to me and I'll say, why not? And they're like, why do you want to hurt your feelings? Or I don't want you to be mad. And I'll say, what do you know about me? Right. What is our relationship? Mm-hmm. We should be able to say things without you having to worry that I'm going to walk away from you. And especially in a marriage, in a relationship that is built on covenant, Mm -hmm. when it says love believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, keeps no record of wrong, Mm -hmm. does not rejoice in evil, but rejoices in truth. Like, you know, that mature love Mm -hmm. that casts out all fear especially when you go back and read 1 Corinthians 13, who would not, A, want to love like that? We're good at quoting that at weddings, right, but we're not right. really good at um, living it. those. <laughs> but when that's the character of your loving relationship, mm-hmm. absolutely it can dispel fear. Because yeah. if I know you're going to hope all the time, mm-hmm. you know, I know if you're going to believe me that we're going to get through it, yeah. if you are going to endure all the mm-hmm. things, if you're not going to, bring up my past mistakes and flaunt it in my face if you're gonna always stand with me in truth like that's a perfect love which makes you not be afraid it actually causes you to feel safe and have that expression like in songs of solomon that the love over me is my banner is Mm -hmm. my protection is my flag that other people see i remember somebody said they were telling me about how they were telling their friend about our relationship if that wow. makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's a So lot. my friend was telling me what she said to her friend. There we go. And she said, and I was interested. I was like, I wonder what she noticed. Okay. But her report was, she is dripping in his love. Hmm. And okay. I, I thought that was so powerful and so profound around 
his banner over me is love. Right. Right, so right. much so, because a banner, especially in those types of days, they wave this the way we wave, raise our flags. Mm-hmm. You know, this flag means it's America. This property is owned by the America. This is the right. American consulate. This is American embassy, whatever. Mm-hmm. That sign is an indicator of identity. Right. And so when she said he, she's dripping in his love. What that said to me was whatever she saw in our interactions, as well as my behavior she could see the indicator and identifier of your love right 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 and i think that's like really pro i don't know if i ever told you that before no no, no but that's that's a that's pretty deep dripping yeah it's it's a profound and powerful concept which i think if we keep that first of all if we keep working to build that but also keep that in mind that that perfect love or that mature love can cast out fears right so that way because even as you keep reading that scripture in john it says we don't have to be afraid to see him because Mm -hmm. when we'll see him we won't be rejected right right and perfect love in a marriage and a relationship means when i have to tell you something hard or you have to tell me something hard Mm -hmm. because the love is committed it is loyal it's stable it's faithful even if it's hard we know, like, all right, we might be mad for a little while, mm-hmm. but get over it because we ain't going nowhere. Right, right, right. Uh, and this ain't Bible, but it was Martin. Um, Jerome said it's cheaper to keep her. <laughs> or Mr. Otis, one of the two. I think it was Mr. Otis. So if, if it is, in fact, it's cheaper to keep her. No, I know we ain't going nowhere. Then at the end of the day, we just going to have to, you know, deal with our little feelings. Deal, keep talking about it. Keep hashing it out until we get to a place of resolve. Because now rejection is not the fear because we know that's not the reality. Right. Embarrassment is not the fear because love covers a multitude of wrongs. You know, disappointment, that might be a little bit more of a reality, but we can handle disappointment. Disappointment is going to happen. I mean, just because, and I I say that Mm -hmm. because all disappointment is a major. Right. And it's not, yeah. It could perfect example it could be something as simple as you 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 gearing up and having a taste for pancakes oh really and <laughs> and, and you know that, that taste just isn't that taste just isn't satisfied and you, you just don't get it with a bowl of cereal you don't get you don't get that same gratification with pancakes and bacon with, with you know with, with a bowl of Apple Jacks or or anything <laughs> like that, you know, your stomach might get full, but it's not going to be the same thing. So, I mean, that's that's a minor disappointment. That's not something that we're going to fall out over, you know. I mean, so I think I think people have to take certain things in context. Yeah. I mean, you know, fi- figure out really what, what what's real for you. Right. Figure out what's real. Figure out what what really carries weight. Uh-huh. And it, and I mean, listen. Sometimes you're gonna have to have hard conversations. It's, right. That's that's a part of any relationship, not just a marriage. It's a part of any relationship. But like you said, you have you have to know, excuse me, that your relationship can handle it. Uh-huh. And if you know that, uh-huh. and listen. So two things. One, just for our listeners, if you're wondering why I'm laughing so hard about that, uh, on. The other day, I said, oh, yeah, let's have pancakes tomorrow. And then I woke up and decided I was going to clean, like, the whole house. 
And in my mind, I was like, if I start eating, I'm not going to finish my work. So when Justin was talking about pancakes by the time he woke up, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's all kind of cereal in there. <laughs> so that's my bad to my dis- to his disappointment because I, you know, said let's have pancakes. But then I reneged. Now, I do want to lend our conversation for the last few moments to this point. Right. You said if you know that your relationship can handle this, then you don't have to worry about, you know, that last statement that you made. What would you tell listeners who when they do a a thorough assessment and they really look and recognize that they are in a relationship that is not that mature love and that their relationship probably can't handle some hard truths or some intimate details or some, you know, beyond the mask, beyond the representative type interactions, that if they really start to tell their truth, the relationship won't probably be able to handle it. Yeah. So I heard a word Uh of, I believe, uh, from the young young artist <laughs> and um, they said we got options okay and you have options then uh-huh. um, what artist those... is this by the way her her okay yeah. okay uh, I was gonna say who <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know who's name dropping but no, I mean, um, she's an artist. You can right say so I mean so here's the thing you have options uh, your first option not just your first one of your options is to, you can wait mm-hmm. and proceed to build mm-hmm. until you feel like you it can get there. Um, there's really only two options, really, honestly. Okay. Because, so, it's either that or you really have to do the real hard conversation with yourself mm-hmm. and say, well, maybe this isn't Mm-hmm. A relationship that I need to stay in and continue in. Mm-hmm. You know, you said you used the the term cheaper to keeper. I know you were doing it at all. I, I know what you were saying, but when I heard that, I'm like, ooh, it kind of tricked me almost mm-hmm. because I know for me that's not something a philosophy I can hold to because I used mm-hmm. to hear that. Mm-hmm. I've heard and I've heard I've actually heard it from other pastors mm-hmm. to say that who have moved away, left, like they went they went elsewhere. And came back and, you know, just was like, yeah, you know, I would have gotten a divorce, but it's cheaper to keep her. And I'm like, mm-hmm. but is it really? Mm-hmm. I mean, is it cheaper? It, does it, is your peace, your sanity, your, your happiness, your joy, your, you know, your, just all of that. That's just worth, but I digress. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's really important that you evaluate if it's, if uh, that relationship can't handle it, is it something that can be built? Mm-hmm. Because if, if it can, that's awesome. If there's potential for it, that's great. And then you work towards it. But if not, then you take that step back again, mm-hmm. evaluate and see what you need to do and I mean the obvious thing is you that, that's something you need to kind of fade away you know like Homer Simpson in the bushes <laughs> just fade away you know lean back 
mm-hmm. you know, do rock, whatever, do, you know. Do, that's what you have. To, that's what. That's what I would tell people. Right. And I think as you know, we bring this episode to a close. One of my last thoughts around that point is back to where we started. The scripture says there is no fear in love because perfect love casts out fear. Mm-hmm. And if there's fear, I think you have to question, is this really love? And if it's not love, is that what you really want? Right. And making a decision based on, you know, what love is supposed to feel like, what love. Uh, I think, you know, there was a lot of songs coming to my mind. You know, Jennifer Hudson talking about us this love. Whitney Houston said, why does it hurt so bad? You know. You saw um, that. I was thinking about, about what's it? What is love? Right. Boom, Maybe boom, don't hurt boom, me. Boom, right. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> right. But I think, first. again, all the songwriters and <laughs> psalmists or whoever we want to attribute to help us to look at the criteria and characteristics of love and really thinking about if it's not love, then it might not be your best move to stay in it because it's probably not going to become that. And the other thing I just thought about, mm-hmm. as you said that, not only will it not end up being become that, but you're also holding up what's really out there waiting for you. Mm-hmm. Because while you're sitting there talking about, oh, Lord, I wish, I, and, I, and I'll use this from, from a, a female's perspective, because I've heard, had a lot of uh, females talk about it. I've heard a lot of people, women say it. Oh, you know, I just wish he would do right. I wish he would do. While you're wishing he would do right, mm-hmm. Mr. Do-Right is, is out there waiting for you no, to on, get Mr. right. So, I mean, you can't expect what's not there. And you can't expect something to come out, come out of nowhere. Well, you could expect that nowhere, like RKO that comes out. Oh nowhere. goodness! But you can, but but reality is, love actually will come, can come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But you, but you're subsequently blocking it mm-hmm. by staying in something that's not what it's supposed to be. Right. So. So there, yeah, there you go. Well, we hope you enjoyed this. Uh, episode of the Focus on Me podcast. Um, we will see. Don't, don't, um. <laughs> we got theme don't music for that. Don't play me. Don't, don't play me. But uh, we'll see you him. next time. Again, subscribe, share, like, um, and yeah, all of that. And follow. Stuff. And follow us on the pages. Um, let us know if you have any thoughts or comments. And we look forward to the next time we're all together. All on right. the episode. Have a great one. <laughs> Bye, guys.